You're listening to a podcast by the Center for Action and Contemplation. To learn more, visit cac.org. A reading from the Holy Gospel is written to us by John. John said to his disciples, I have much more to tell you, but you cannot bear it now. I want you to hold on to that sentence. It's translated, of course, in different ways. You're not ready for this, or you can't take it, or you'll never get it, all of which are true when we're talking about the Trinity. When the Spirit comes, the Spirit of truth, the Spirit will guide you to all truth. He, she, will not speak on his own or her own, but they will speak what they hear, and they will declare to you the things that are coming. The Spirit will glorify me because he or she will take from what is mine and declare it to you. And of course, you've already figured out what I'm saying is that God is beyond gender, so we can't apply male or female to God. It, it doesn't mean anything. Everything that the Father has is mine. For this reason I told you that he will take from what is mine and will declare it to you. This is good news from the Lord. So, you're not ready for this certainly applies. And uh, it's no accident that after 2,000 years, the doctrine of the Trinity is abstruse, abstract, unhelpful, uh, unbelievable to most people. Niels Bohr, the Danish astrophysicist, said, the universe is not only stranger than you think, it's stranger than you can think. Your mind can't process it. And that's what we got to deal with when we're talking about the shape of God. Now some of you know a few years ago I wrote this book, The Divine Dance. And the reason I dared to name a theological book with such a fickle title the divine dance, is that is in fact the first metaphor that uh, the fathers of the church came up with. It took three centuries to figure out what all this language was in John 14, 15, 16 especially. I'm one with the Father, I am the Father and I'm not the Son. I'm the Son, I'm the Holy Spirit. The Son gives you the Spirit. Are they the same or are they different? And they came up with the first official, now orthodox, image of the doctrine of the Blessed Trinity. And it's somewhat shocking because it sounds new age to most of us now. They say God is a circle dance. God is relationship itself. God is an event of communion. Now, maybe that isn't shocking you, 
unless you reflect upon and be honest with yourself, your own real image of God. The operative image of God in most Western people is an old white man sitting on a throne. And he's upset most of the time. This just will never create good news, never. Because it isn't the message. And if you don't get the shape of God right, uh, you don't get the shape of anything that comes after that. For example, Genesis 1, 26, 27 says, using plural pronouns, let us create in our image. And everything that is created in the universe is created in imitation of this divine dance. You've heard about the Adam, I'm sure. It's only our century that found out, you know what? The basic building block of the universe, at least the major particles, are electron, neutron, and proton, endlessly circling around one another. That's what we're saying is the shape of God. Now, I know. That's hard to imagine. It's not only stranger than you think, it's stranger than you can think, unless you start gazing at the universe. And you'll realize that everything from atoms to the human body to ecosystems to galaxies are cycles and circulatory systems. There's no independent anything. In fact, if you want to predict who's going to be a mass uh, assassin, it's usually a man who tries to live by himself and cuts himself off from everybody else. That's a sure path toward death, to think you are your own. You are good with one another's goodness, and you are evil with one another's evil. We're all in this together. We're radically connected. And the myth of Western individualism is in fact a myth. Now I suspect, I know they're already out of fashion, but some of your teenagers have a fidget spinner. You maybe didn't even know the name. You can get it for $3 at Walmart. A fidget spinner. You're supposed to spin it when you're getting nervous. Well, if you look at it, it's three projectiles united at the center. And when you spin it real fast, which I guess I'm not capable of fully doing, it doesn't look like three, it looks like one. Now, if you think this is heresy, Pope Francis used this three Trinity, Trinity Sundays ago. He said it's almost perfect. And what's the energy between the three that makes the three into one, infinite love. Infinite. Not a little bit of love. Infinite love. Now I'm going to ask you a question. I don't do that very often. What's one half of infinite? You're all afraid. Don't be afraid. What's one half of infinite? What's one-fourth of infinite? What's one-hundredth of infinite? <laughs> you got it. 
You see, we tried to uh, whittle God down to something we could understand. And so an old man, even if he's angry and pissed off, sitting on a throne throwing thunderbolts down, well, we'll settle for that. Even though we don't like it, it doesn't make a bit of sense. It isn't anything Jesus really talked about. And it set us back centuries in our understanding of God. Especially because, and i got to say this on Father's Day, uh, so many people did not have a loving father. So many people had an absent father, an alcoholic father, a distant father, an emotionally unavailable father. So they were just programmed to believe that fathers don't know how to love. If you want love, you go to your mother. That's not true of everybody, but I'd say it's true of a large percentage of the human race. And so we were just programmed to believe, yeah, God the Father doesn't love us that much. In fact, he's got to be bought off by the blood of Jesus to love us. I hope you know that's a terrible belief. And we Franciscans were the ones who never accepted it. It just didn't make sense to us. This is what made sense to us, infinite love. Now, I'm going to use a different word than love because that's become so sentimental. Let's just call it infinite flow. Wherever you see flow moving out toward the other, the not me, that's the energy of God. I don't care who it's flowing out of. I don't care if they're a Hindu or a gay or a black, it doesn't make a bit of difference. There's people who are in the flow and there's people who are not in the flow. And there's plenty of white people who, don't, who are not in the flow, believe me. Huh? There's plenty of gay people who are. Oh my God, what does that mean? Hmm? There's plenty of black people who are. And there's plenty of Mexicans who are not. So we better get over our nationalism, our ethnicity, our gender wars, and just use your common sense. You can tell people who are in love and people who are not in love. It's a state. And when you stand in that state, which is really the state of the Holy Spirit, flow will come out of you. So if, if I want to offer you just three simple prepositions. Let's, and none of them are adequate. Every image we use for God is, is inadequate. But the Father is God infinitely for you. The Son is God infinitely with you. Jesus walking at your side as your partner. And the Spirit is God infinitely in you. That was the second reading. The Spirit has been poured into our heart that you are a living tabernacle. So I'm just going to read a bit from my own book. See how narcissistic I am? This triune God allows you, impels you, to live easily with God everywhere and all the time. 
in the budding of a plant. What makes plants bloom again every springtime? Where's it come from? That's the love of God. Everything new and fresh and beautiful is the love of God. Where else did it come from? The smile of a gardener, the excitement of a teenage boy over his new girlfriend. Now, we were told that was dirty. I don't think so. Would you rather have a grumpy teenage son? (laughs) The tireless determination of a research scientist. As you know, I watch the Nature Channel a lot. And uh, these people who just care about rhinoceroses, is that a word? Yeah, I guess so and really give their whole life to studying how rhinoceroses reproduce and cry when a rhinoceros dies. That's the love of God. And there's people who don't know how to do that. They don't know how to care about anything but themselves. What do I feel? What do I want? What do I need? The pride of a mechanic over his hidden work under the hood. When I used to drive from Cincinnati to Kansas uh, on the way to out here, my father would talk to me for about five minutes. My mother would have three hours of talking. <clears throat> and my, da- my dad would disappear, and he'd be lifting up the hood of my car and fixing it, almost hoping there was something wrong so he could fix it. The loving nuzzling of horses. As you heard, I got a new little dog. His name is Opie. Oh, he's so cute. He slept with me last night, just cuddling all night. (laughs) Why does he want to cuddle? That's the love of God. Why not call it that instead of, oh, it's just instinct. (laughs) Whenever you see positive flow, you are looking at God. The tenderness with which eagles feed their chicks. They say a mother eagle will starve rather than let her little chicklets starve. Where does that come from? And it's true in every mammal that mothers will deny themselves to keep feeding that little one. That's the Holy Spirit planted within them. The downward beautiful flow of every mountain stream. The chirp of every bird, excited about a new morning. The hard beauty, beauty is always God. The hard beauty of every sandstone cliff, which we have so many of in New Mexico. The deep satisfaction at every job well done. I'm gonna say it, I certainly wasn't taught this in the true passion of sex. In a clerk's gratuitous smile to a department store customer or in the passivity of the hospital bed. And then I quote Romans 8, the world, life, death, the present, the future, all belong to you and you belong to Christ. And Christ belongs to God.
It's one Trinitarian universe from the very beginning. God didn't start working just 2,000 years ago. God has been working for 13.6 billion years in nature, in creation, in everything that exists. And God loves everything that exists. And God is saving everything that exists. When we limited God's salvation to human beings, you know what we did pretty soon? Well, not all human beings, just Roman Catholics. And then we found out the Lutherans were saying the same thing. And the Methodists, and the Hindus, and the Buddhists. We all limited God's love to just our group. And then it wasn't just our group, it was just the good people in our group. Poor God didn't have anything left to do. Because God only loved people just like you and me, which isn't very much love at all. 